I'm Julian Jackson. You're listening to The Crockpot, the smorgasbord of sports news with a little added spice brought to you by the Score on Air Network. This is where you don't know what you're going to get until you grab a bowl and dip your ladle in. Sit back, relax, and listen to what's cooking. Welcome to The Crockpot. Happy to have you all here, and it's time to see what's cooking for today. Got the national championship, of course. It was a big hype from the whole weekend. Me and my producer, the pretty boy champ, had a little discussion over what we thought was really going to go down this weekend, and we saw it all the way from the Final Four all the way up through Monday evening. We're also going to be taking a look at the NCAA Women's Championship, and I also want to give great applause to uh, Vanderbeer. I believe it's Vanderbeer, Vanderbleet. You know what? We'll talk about it later. So, NCAA Men's Championship, Gonzaga versus Baylor. Of course, this is what everyone wanted, the matchup that everyone wanted all year long. After their canceled game in December, due to some guys with COVID from Gonzaga, they came out and said it was, first of all, it was one non-member of the team, and it was one member of the team. And they thought that they could make it work, but they were unable to do so. I wrote a little article back in January, about how Baylor was a force to be reckoned with and how this is the game that we will likely have to wait for in the championship. All brackets aside, I don't have any issues with how everything went down. I don't typically put ones in my championship. I kind of think that's like, for those of you who follow horse racing, is more so mm, picking the gray horse to win or picking the favorite which only happens 33% of the time. Fact check it. want to go ahead and roll some highlights here from the game before I get into talking about the nitty-gritty and some of the details. So go ahead and take a look. What well, we have so right here. In that area of the floor. All it of was them. just a dominant force throughout the entire contest. You watched Baylor pull up in this the first, go up 12, 12, 12 to 1. I think it was 11 to 1. Get the lingerie on the deck. They went up Call heavy the on them. It was a very difficult task to ask Gonzaga to go and get all the way back Just the left hand. from where they were. But well we saw KU. the end result. And there's a highlight do. that you can't see start over between the three-minute mark the and the two-minute and 15-second mark. Whereas, here in the tournament. I believe it's Jared Butler, saves a ball from out of bounds, attempts to get it to his own teammate, and then from there, two more. he ends up Scott Passing it back to a Gonzaga true. player. Now, he's off the screen, and he's on the sideline. Sprints back over to contest a three-point shot from the other side. This is with two minutes and 40 seconds or so remaining in the game. And I was just so amazed by the fact that they went so hard. They never ran out of gas all game long. So... Just a little look at, you know, about 50 seconds of what was going on up towards the end of the game. And we could have shown a whole lot of obviously courtesy of Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. So congratulations to Scott Drew and the Baylor Bears. Um, These two teams actually have the the best combined winning uh, record. It was 58-2. That start over, basically. Gonzaga being undefeated. And then Baylor only losing two games. That that was the best record combined. In a national championship over Vault. I mean, so there have been a Sox. lot of great matchups in the championship. And they got the Two more. So, Scott Drew's dream comes true. Uh, a lot of the key players, uh, you're, you're talking Teague, 
Butler, you know, little Mitchell. Folks, Drew and I believe it's Davion Mitchell. I mean, looking like a little Donovan Mitchell out there. I mean, the cat just goes hard all the time. And I know there are some opinions that differ across the board. One thing that needs to be made apparent, and if you didn't know, is the fact that these guys, they've had depth and they've been doing this all year long. And Gonzaga, of course, is a great team, and they made it here, but the fact that maybe it's the recruits, they're not getting everything that they need completely, there's just something that do. they're missing, and it's depth. Start over, when you're able to continue to bring guys off the bench that continue to you know, foul up, literally, you have guys three, four fouls in trouble, you can bring in more guys. They have like three Sucks. dudes who can play in the paint. And hard, go hard. Meanwhile, when you have subs from true. Gonzaga, who has to sit down with, with two fouls in the beginning of the game, understandably so, your star player who wins the game for you against Both UCLA is not going to, his presence Complete is not going to be felt the same way that it rebound. would be if the rest of the team. You don't have a backup guard Deep. to put on the floor to do what well, you can so do. Good There's only one guy. And them. statistics show Gonzaga starters are playing anywhere from 36 Just to 40 minutes. That goes to Get show you that you put your best on guys the on the floor, the yes, but you also need something to supplement that. And when Timmy was out of the game late, they had hand. no answer for it. He was getting his leg worked on all the well rest of that. KU. Pretty boy, I know that we do. differ in this opinion. Start over, but tell me what you thought about the championship. And also, give me your take on tournament. how drained Gonzaga was. Well, um, like we discussed yesterday, I just think that uh, Gonzaga had a lot to deal with as far as their final four matchup in the overtime. That was a, with UCLA, was so emotional and so draining that, like, it is even at 19-20, it's really hard to recover physically. And then um, you get a team like Baylor, who watches Clark Kellogg and Jay Billis and Dick Vitale and everybody say how Gonzaga's going to run through them and how they're going to, you know, Baylor has pride. They're athletic. They're young too. So they hear that. And they're all, they also have the energy because there were about 25 points against Houston. So you blow the doors off a team and you're sitting on the sideline. You got your mask on, you're laughing, you're joking, as opposed to another one who's sweating bullets and they played the second game, too. So you got a less time to recover, a much harder test. And it just, just seemed like um, Gonzaga really didn't have that energy. Like when, when, when you came out and it was 11-1 and Baylor blitzed them, they never seemed to be able to even recover, find the energy to recover. I mean, because they went down by, what, 16, 18, and cut it 20. to 9? Mm -hmm. But they never got closer than 9, so they never got closer than that initial – burst from the beginning of the game like like from there they were defeated it's a very difficult feat especially when you're playing against a high-powered team like that i mean their motors were running on x i mean turbocharged cool. and a lot of these guys it's just unbelievable to think about the way that they played just with so much energy one you're likely coming in with the chip on your shoulder it's a game that you're preparing for in december and had it stripped from you people were constantly arguing who was the better team all year long and then in addition to that, now it's like, well, you obviously want to be able to break up that streak. And it's very difficult 
to go undefeated the entire way, which the last team to do it was Indiana State with Larry Bird in 1976. I, I want to ask you a question. Do you, hypothetically speaking, is there a possibility that Baylor could have ran the table had they been able to beat Gonzaga in December and give them that? Put, because it almost seems like Baylor had everything rolling, and they got to the to the end of the year, and it was just almost like we're going to be a number one seed. We're one of the best teams. Like it, you didn't see that supreme focus that they had been playing with all year, and I think that um, had they had they got to see Gonzaga, they might had a different goal going in because they were really talented when you watched that national championship game. I credit the big chips. You have big chips on your shoulder, and playing the schedule that they play and some of the teams that they play with Kansas, I believe, was one of their losses, and they had lost two games, which isn't much. But you also think about how when you have losses, your coaches, Scott Drew, he's honing in on all of that information. He's honing in on, look, guys, here's what we did really bad in these games. And I don't have the statistics to be able to show, but I'm sure that they weren't shooting 60% from three, right? So... When you have guys like Jared Butler, who was actually the most outstanding player of the tournament, he was able to receive that award. But these guys were shooting 60%. So in those losses, you may have had that. And you can only control what you can control. But you still trust the process. And these guys continue to run the floor, get after them. You see that defense on them? I mean, it was like white on rice. And it was unbelievable just seeing. And I know there's not, there should not be that much disparity in talent. Because you're talking about Mark Few here. And argumentatively argumentatively i love to be able to raz other individuals and i've given much much grief to other individuals in this program here at score on air and i like doing it we talked about a couple weeks ago how i got in a fight every year from kindergarten to sixth grade you know i'm not looking to throw hands i'm a grown man now we talked about how i was 30 but still it's fun to be able to challenge people and it was also brought to the table that, you know, I'm like, look, trash on Gonzaga. It was like my bracket was trash from the start, you know? I trash. Mean, just absolutely. And you know what? I'm not even going to show the image of my bracket because it's not. You just y'all would discredit everything I'm doing if you haven't already. I mean, you can't really say that. I mean, I mean, we got guys in here that were picking old state to win it all. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Stay tuned for 365 after this. Um, <sighs> it's it's I hope that comes up. Hopefully someone brings that up uh, with the gentleman Smitty because it it's uh, I'm sure it's a sore subject for him. But a couple of things I want to go over: um, Can Baylor repeat the championship? No, I I would also doubt. But it is a question I believe you bring to the table: Is can they repeat the championship? That's going to be difficult, especially you have some of these guys who are likely going to be going to the league. Chachua, I mean, they've got, and, I, and I'm not even completely sure over all of these guys that they have but obviously Davion Mitchell's like yo he's wearing number 45 just like Donovan Mitchell he's he's ready to go he's like that dude that little dude his motor goes he goes I just like that is one of the worst numbers ever I I don't I don't like dudes that are really good and wear ugly numbers. Like, Luka Doncic, take that number off. You should be wearing number one. What are you doing wearing that 77? 45 on a spider is just ugly. Stop it. I mean, but the greatest wore 45. No, he didn't. He wore 23. And then 
He wore twenty three because because he didn't perform at forty five. Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, he wore. I mean, you remember he when wore, he took off the forty five at halftime and went back? To, was it a halftime? Nah, it, it, nah. Was, it was the following. It, game. it was he. He took off forty five after they lost his six to uh to it was Orlando. his next game though, which you know was the I mean? following. But season. he had wore thirteen. He had wore fifty five. You know, forty five. Just he said it didn't feel. Co- but it wasn't like he wasn't a baller in forty five. Oh no, he still took care. of But he looked. He looked. But how did, doesn't he look good in twenty three? No, 23 looks way better. I agree with you. Right. 45, it is. It's ugly. ugly. It's ugly. It's not a basketball number. And when is we were it, what, what league, number is it? Because I, I can't, I don't think a 45 sweet 45. 45 is like a baseball number. Is it? Okay. It's got to be. Yeah, I don't know. Football, I don't. It's a, it's a fullback's number. It's That's not a sweet number. 45. It doesn't go good anywhere. What 44. Number, what, 44 is cool. It's good. What, was Mike Allstott 44? I mean, there's a lot of good 44s. I, I mean, 44 is not a number. John Riggins was number 44. See what I'm the saying? The Washington Football team from 1991 that was non-existent at that time. Remember that fourth and one run? Play. The, we don't have the clip. But sorry, y'all look it up on YouTube. John Riggins' run on fourth and one is great. Anywho, so no team has ever gone an entire season undefeated from start to finish through the NCAA tournament prior to the teams that were there. So it's since 1976. With that being said, so take this away. Baylor, 60% from three points in the first half. Second half, first turnover was 12 minutes in after Meyer had ran out of bounds with the ball on a cut to the basket. And then most outstanding player. To highlight, there's only five teams who went undefeated into the tournament since 1976. Wichita State, 2014. You remember Kentucky's loss in 2015 in the Final Four. Gonzaga, obviously, this year. Congratulations to Coach Mark Few. Came up just a bit short. I heard he's got a great recruiting class coming through. In addition, UNLV, which I had thought that they went the entire, entire way. I think we talked about this a few weeks back. You talked about their season in the 90s that they had gone back. But they had another Final Four loss. That was in 91. And then uh, Indiana State and Larry Bird lost in the championship as well. So, Indiana. I said Indiana State earlier was the last to do it. 75-76 season. Indiana. 32-0. I have word from a birdie somewhere that said something, but I I don't see that um, anywhere in my research. So, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just, uh, we're going to put the kibosh on that. Um, moving on to NCAA Women's National Championships. And at this point... I understand. You know what? As a matter of fact, what I want to do right now is go ahead and take a brief break. But when we come back, we are going to be highlighting the NCAA Women's National Championship. Is there anything that, okay, it's Coach Vanderveer. So I think I think I called her Vanderbeer earlier, but maybe in, you know, Germany or something, it's Vanderveer. Vanderveer. Um, she first championship since 92. She's been there for 30 years. It's incredible. Uh, they, they've done great. But when we get back, we're going to go ahead and talk about her. Also talk about Ari McDonald and the impact of a missed free throw in the game. You're watching the Crockpot on Score On Air. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star. Somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the from setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, 
to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well. The theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327 or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the theater. design ideas for t-shirts but you're not sure where to go? Go to Mojo Sports Gear. That's right, Mojo Sports Gear. At Mojo Sports Gear, you can get custom-made shirts. Whatever design you need, Mojo Sports Gear can provide it. Don't forget to grab a custom-made cap on your way out and rock the best headgear in the game. Give them a call at 614-864-6656. At 614-864-6656. If you didn't happen to catch the NCAA Women's Championship, that's all right. I mean, it was on Sunday night. I actually had some difficulty finding it. I had figured that it was going to end up being on, you know, on CBS or something. But it ended up being on ESPN, which I'm a subscriber, ESPN Plus, and it was wonderful. Um, having watched that game, there were a few different things that I saw. And as you can see, the the visual here that we have uh, the twins from Stanford uh, being able to you know run off the floor and and this is a it's a little pick stitch that's put together and the young lady lying on the floor no she's not dead uh, but I think that uh, she was very upset she probably had some thoughts of her own uh, during that time but you know they basically stepped over her and I mean it's it's not funny it's just it's as upsetting because. The whole time they kept on, they kept showing her, her family who was up in the crowd. And like, I, I love that because the hype, the, the, the lack of hype that is received in the women's and college sports is, it's almost like it's still high school. Because everyone's so close, and every all your family and stuff's coming to see you. And pretty boy, did you did you happen to catch any of this? Uh, yes, I, I caught a substantial amount. Um, and you know, this is a big thing we talk about on my Contrapination podcast: women in sports and the lack of respect that we give them as men when they have the platform, like they have the the ESPN Tuesday night game that should have been plastered everywhere. The the um, promotion should have been done a lot better but i did like the way they kept showing her family and 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 highlighted a player as a star but which really was demoralizing is that she didn't come through yeah. and that's and you can't and see that's that's the hardest thing to do is make for drama but then make for adulation too like you need that her to come through to make it a thing so you know, she kind of let us down. That's the storyline. You said you kind of let us down. The storyline here, and she felt she let the entire team down. If you just look at this young lady, is heart and soul. And they went and trapped her on the three-point line when she got the inbounds pass. There are articles stating, should she have passed the ball? There's nowhere to go. There was, there was nowhere. To, I mean, she was trapped. She had three defenders on her. If she was able to get the ball somewhere probably too late, and she's the highlight player on the team. So looking at her and some of the 
abilities. I mean, she was the showstopper all game long. And this is Stanford's first championship since 92 with Coach Vanderbeer. She's also now the winningest coach in NCAA history, NCAA women's history, passing Pat Summit for wins, which is awesome. And congratulations to Coach Vanderbeer. She takes care of business. Now, Haley Jones was named the most outstanding player of this contest or of the tournament. And that girl is bad. I mean, that girl is, she tears it up. Her left was unstoppable. And it was left from anywhere in the paint. She got that ball. She was hitting mid-range. She was able to lay. I mean, I, I saw stuff from Haley Jones that I was like, dang. And I was wanting to, you know, I was, you know, look, I'm just going to jump in the DMs real quick because I was like, Haley, look, I know that we could end up having, well, you know, I probably I'm very, very attracted to your game right now. Yes. And, you know, I, mean, I could say something like that. And, you know, down the road, you know, through marriage and some other things, some other options, you know, I'm just doing what I can here on score on air. And I figured maybe we could have some Big Ten babies. I don't know. We could go half on some. I don't know. Uh, she's a Pac 12 player. I'd like to upgrade. If I can, uh, could I buy a Big Ten? Um, no, Pac-12 is good. And Stanford, she's obviously very smart. So I don't know if I could purchase a you know a Big Ten slot, and that's fine because if if that's who's winning, I'm sure she wants her daughter or son, 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 to go to you know Stanford or whatever. But I prefer USC, and we could talk about it. Really, Haley, just just call me maybe. Um, so anyway, but Haley, man. And she's beautiful, and I can appreciate her game because she just went out there and got after it. And there's so many supporting players on on Stanford team that it was it, it was known like they were going to win this game, and that's something that you go into. Much like people thought Gonzaga was going to end up winning their game, and they just came up short. But Stanford was the perennial powerhouse in this matchup um a first-time coach a, a black women's coach for arizona um her name is it's it's not coming to me right now um but that was her first trip with this great team and i do believe that she's going to end up being very successful in the future at arizona given that she's going to have more girls wanting to come through now back to Ari mcdonald Ari mcdonald had an opportunity when fouled to go to the free throw line and I had received chirps from several individuals, one of them being my coworker. I'm talking to you, Mr. Mills, telling me that, oh, you can't just say that one thing in the game affected the whole game. You could just say that anything affected the whole game. When that ball went out of bounds, when that happened, when this happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm sounding like you. And I just disagree. And, and, and I'll take as many comments as whatever, but when you are tied up, you've been making all your free throws, you should see the pain on a father's face when he's looking at her daughter and just, and there's some families where you know how hard that like your parents go if, you, if you've had that parental support over your life, how they're your toughest critics. Yo, the look on Mr. McDonald's face when Ari missed that free throw was pure disgust. And it didn't matter if she was playing in a little league game or if she is playing in the national championship in college. I'm sure that 15 years ago when she was playing and she wasn't making those free throws. Quick example. My father, when I had aspirations to be a fullback, I know you're looking at me like, 
no, there's no way that was ever going to happen. So anyway, I was in, I was in junior high and I had a swing pass and then I only got like three or four snaps because I played guard and they're like, all right, you know, we'll give you a shot. We're losing so bad because all my teams were terrible. Brook Park Middle School, shout out. And, uh, you know, I go out for this swing pass, this nice little bubble and they hit me, man. This sucker goes right in the hands. We, you know, had to punt the ball away and then the other team scored again and whatever. You didn't catch it. No. Oh. I guess I I thought I didn't have to say it, but thank you for making me say it. I dropped the pass. Okay. Well, no one, you know, you were showing like, ah, it was right here. Yeah. You was like, like, did you catch the ball? Was it, it was right there. Did you catch it or what? Did they light you up? I mean, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I wanted to just plead the fifth and say we punted the ball away, but look, regardless, so I go off, you know, tried on off to the sidelines or whatever after we punt and they, you know, scored on the punt return and, you know, it's all my fault, whatever, you know, a lot of shame. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal because I don't get that many reps. And my dad was on the sideline at the fence, you know, left work early to get there because middle school games are like at 4 o'clock. And mm, he looked at me and said, we throw the ball all the time. If you're not going to catch it, you should rethink playing football. And I was like, like playing like all together, you know what I mean? Like I was just hurt, you know what I mean? I was just hurt. So I can imagine what a parent – of a child playing in the national championship, probably been to each and every one of her games throughout her entire lifetime, just the pure disgust when she missed this free throw. Now, leading up to say, the point being made, they lost by one. And that was in the final three minutes of the game. They were going back and forth, going back and forth. She has an opportunity to shoot this free throw. I believe that they were even, they had the lead at some point during the game. And she goes, shoot two free throws at the line, misses the first and makes the second one. So then they're down constantly. And then they go ahead and take the lead for a second, but that differential was what lost in the game. So I'm sure that that's painting her in this visual of her laying there like, yo, I mean, is that not what you, are you not thinking about that ever? That free, that one shot, that one free throw that you missed. I know it could have been, and the guy from work is sitting there telling me it could have been from the first half, but it's in the moment. Who was that guy from work? What's his name? What's that I'm going to refer to him as Mr. Mills. Mr. Mi Mr. Mills is an idiot. Okay, Mr. Mills, you're an idiot. Mr. Mills, Mr. Mills, you're an idiot. Okay, the Tag free Mr. J. Mills at uh, Instagram Live. Go ahead. Uh, that free throw cost in the game. And when you're the best player on the team and you miss and you know you cost yourself the game, like, no one has to tell you that. No one has to tell Ari you lost your team. The game. No, one, no one feels worse than she does. No, no one, no one has to live with that empty feeling that's eating at her for missing that. She'll never live that down. She could win 10 WNBA titles and she'll forever think of that NCAA. No one can ever make her feel worse than she already feels. Mr. Mills, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. I mean, and, and from a guy who played NCAA football at Michigan State, went to the Rose Bowl, got it tatted on his arm. I mean, everything. I know I'm coming at you hard right now. Dad. And, 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 Dad, and you should. I hope man. that you're watching. I hope that you're watching, but I know that you're not because you're on break right now. And you <laughs> probably just sit and chilling. But I want the point to be made that that is an error. That's a human error. And those things happen. But the girl had – that was one of her only misses. Look, you know what? He was one of those guys who constantly uh, got holding penalties and just thought – 
well, uh, the holding penalty in the first it was the same as the holding penalty on the last drive of the game when it we had the ten second runoff and it cost us the game. It's the same penalty, Mister Mills. You're an idiot. <laughs> so I appreciate the support from you know supporting cast and things like that. But obviously, even when you have individuals, whether you like or dislike, and you know, I had, you know, he and I we, we get along well. And then I go and bring up something like that, and he's you know, I'm like, oh, like, yeah, I thought we were on the same page, and obviously we are very far apart and i can't come to an agreement with you over the fact that she lost her team the game she could have at least taken it to overtime by having made that free throw and i can understand whatever happens and happens because when you go to overtime is zero zero right it is everything is null and void you're starting over again you have a tip off you have five minutes who's going to score the most in five minutes that's all there is to it and i thought that's what we were going to get i'm sorry but for arizona ari mcdonald Misses the jumper to end the game. They lose by one. But I'm giving credit to the parental involvement, and they did highlight her family and kept on showing them. And I'm sure that the father is very, very proud of Ari McDonald. This is not, this segment is not to speak on her as trash because that's not who she is. She's an incredible athlete. And she came back and her, I'm sure that she's going to go play in the WNBA because the girl can play some ball. They said she was declaring. Yeah. As a freshman. So she Ooh. says she's gone. Well, she's a senior now. Oh, it's a, oh, I misspoke. It's some. It's a. Uh, it's another cat. Another female. She's a freshman point guard coming out WNBA. She's from like, Arizona. She's the number two prospect. I don't know where she's from. Okay, well we'll figure that out. We'll too. figure that we out. Get a um, get a check on that. We got uh, Where's our extra producer at? What is he doing? He's supposed to be helping. Fact checks right now. The laptop's supposed to be out. I'm not even gonna. You know. You know. I guess we just missed the mark. So. Uh, it's whatever. But uh, parents' involvement in the game, I, I believe that that is so incredible. And I know that it's there as well for the men's side. But to me, there's nothing like it to be able to have that kind of support because when I was growing up and I was playing ball and playing football, not basketball, because that was just for fun. And I told no one to come because I didn't want to see how trash I was. Though, when we were playing the 270 hoops or when we were broadcasting for the 270 hoops all-star game, the other day, upon leaving the court, someone passed me a ball at the three-point line, and I drained it. So it just—it's kind of like just simple, you know. You just shoot the ball, and you the flick of the wrist, and yada. So uh, I'm not going to get too hung up on that. But my mother never came to any of my football games, and she asked me if it was cool, and I knew she didn't understand sports or like it. And her excuse was that she didn't want to see me get beat up. And I'm like, Mom, I'm the biggest kid. How 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 am I? I'm gonna get. I don't know. So dad, dad came, mom didn't come? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Mom was, she was being an actress and stuff. Mom, shout out, I love you. Um, you know, she was out in Cali for a little while when I was about eight, you know, doing her thing and, and supporting her dreams to become an actress. And then she just became a, a business owner there after when she came home and she was just like, yo, this is hard, you know. Go out to Hollywood and this doggy dog. You know, she was doing that in the game at 30 plus years old. Meanwhile, you know, my dad, when he was broadcasting and he was on television, he was doing that in the 80s before he even met her. So, you know, he lived his dream before he met her. And then when, you know, they were together and after I was a little older, then he decided that she should go out to live her dream too. But they're showing about me and my family. But, yeah, I'm a little bit bitter that mom wasn't there. Um, but, you know, I would have still liked to have had her there. That's all there is to it. I have <clears throat> a new coaching hire for you. We discussed briefly last week how Indiana and UNC had had some vacancies. And, well, ding, 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 
UNC has found their selection. And there was talk over who might be taking over there. And I really didn't like any of those candidates, uh, except for Hubert Davis. We talked about last week how it made sense if Hubert Davis was to be the next coach. You keep a lot of the recruits in line. Surely he's going on a lot of these visits. He's in home with these players. You know, obviously a lot of the same philosophies. And I'd like to be able to see if what they're going to do and if they're going to do anything different, if at all, in this program. And heck, I love to see it. And once again, people will take snippets of anything that you put online. Media is a very powerful tool. And someone brought to my attention yesterday, did you see that Hubert Davis, the coach at UNC, said that he's proud that his wife is white? So obviously, I take to Google immediately, and I'm like, okay. like that, That statement didn't even hold relevance to me, but the person who brought it to me, I'm like, well, I know you can read because you read something, and let's just see if it was right. So I'm just fact-checking. I want to know what was actually said. What what was actually said? Does anyone just stand? I'm like, so when did he say that? Like, why would he say that, right? Just a blanket statement. Yeah, just, <laughs> proud my wife is white. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, what? I, okay. So I'm like. There's got to be more to the yeah, story. So I'm like, okay, well, person who just told me this and delivered me this news, thank you. I Like, I appreciate it, but like. You, you brought this to me because why? And I'm like, you know what? And I'm talking about that. I tell these people, I tell these people all the time, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm talking about that on my show tomorrow. I'd really love to be able to figure out. I know he's the new hire. I've been preparing for this all week. I want to know why he said that his wife is white and he's proud. I go in further and I'm now reading a full article that has statements and people just want to take snippets of stuff, right? Because it brings, it boils the crock pot. It brings controversy. It brings drama. Oh, excuse me. Uh, the crock pot should not be boiling. Uh, it's a crock pot. <laughs> well, if you, if you put on the snaps, you see the snaps there. If you go ahead and put the snaps on the top and you don't allow for it, then none of that air is going to be able to be released. And then yes, the things in there will come to a boil. And that's dangerous, and you don't want that to happen because then it almost turns into like a pressure cooker. Is, is that a the little knob? Can't you just like turn it down? You can, and right oh. now it looks like it's off. Just <laughs> that, but you know what? It's let's just say that it's mirrored and it's actually very hot. But if you continue to do that, you can bring the crock pot to a boil, which you don't want to do, okay? Because we know when temperatures start flaring, it's not a good thing. So back to the white wife, and it's great, right? I mean. Cool. That's the first thing I'd say. All right, Hubert, great. You got a white wife. You're proud of it. That's awesome. But instead, I looked a little bit further, ended up discovering that during his press conference, they had asked about him being the first black coach in the basketball program at UNC in the history of the school. Awesome. I believe that it's awesome. And and he responded similarly by saying he's very proud to be there. He's only the fourth coach over all programs in the history of the school who is black. And he's like, you know, I'm very honored to be here, the first black coach of this basketball program and the fourth overall coach in the entirety of all sports programs at UNC. And he plans on continuing a great legacy and being able to do great things. It was also brought to his attention that, you know, Maybe he looks a little bit different. And that he mentioned that how he's proud to be black. He's proud that his wife is white. 
And he's also proud that they were able to, you know, go half and be able to make children, you know, who look different and who are different. And so, I mean, I'm paraphrasing this, but you can find the entire statement of him saying, you know, I'm proud to be black. I'm proud that my wife is white and I'm proud that we came together to be able to make three beautiful children. Right. So just bringing to light that, yeah, no, I'm not your average guy from North Carolina. I don't look like any of those guys from North Carolina, but hell, I'm proud to be who I am. I'm proud my wife is white and I'm proud to be able to have the kids that we created together. So it was just in light of, I'm sure, you know, to be able to give recognition to his wife. But, you know, I was almost thinking for a second, okay, like, does it hold merit that his wife is white? So perhaps, like, maybe he got the job because his wife is white as opposed to his wife being not white? I don't know. Nah, he got the job because he a Tar Heel. They don't, they don't hire outside of yeah, family. No, so. I, <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, okay, cool. And sometimes I, and I call me naive, call me sheltered. Sometimes I really just don't get the entire, everything has to end up being brought back to race. There are several coaches every year who are probably more eligible than others. I get the Steve Nash thing, though, in Brooklyn. There are many eligible coaches who have been better, and the color of their skin is different. But Stephen A. Smith often brings up the fact that, well, and it's this and it's that, and I'm just like, how about it just be the best candidate? Can we just have it the best candidate? But I get it that racial, that race is a social construct that is, and if you could look up in America, social construct in America. And there has been several definitions. You know what? There's some book that says how not to be a racist or something ignorant like that. I mean, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not going to apologize for it. (laughs) There's a book that's something like that. And I don't, I just don't like the title. And this gentleman is so, I believe that he's African-American. I believe he's black African-American. And by the way, the reason why I rarely will say African-American is because I was never taught to say African-American. I'm black. I, my ethnicity is Puerto Rican. I mean, as you look at, like, the definitions that get down to the nitty-gritty, I'm black. It's the color of my skin, right? I, I define as a black for race. And, and we got into this whole argument at a family gathering for Easter. It wasn't an argument. It was a discussion rather. But then my stepmother went and grabbed like her book or whatever that she's reading, you know, how not to be a racist and whatever. And like the definitions that this, the the gentleman who wrote is just so critical in many ways and going back deep into like the Spaniards in 1400 and all the rest of this stuff. And I'm like, this talk, talk about the social construct, right? That's where it was implemented and whatever. I don't want to get into it, but yeah, I was taught just to say black. He's like, I'm black. My dad would always say like, yeah, I'm black. I'm not from Africa, and you know what I mean? Like, I was born right here, and I don't know. His definitions could be different. If you want to get technical with it, cool. But, yeah, I prefer just to say black because it is what it is. So, uh, congratulations, though, to Hubert Davis. I'm excited about it because we talked about it last week, and I know that we do have to go ahead and pay some bills right now. So, we will go ahead and go on another short break. But when we come back, Bill Self. Lifetime contract with Kansas and some controversy following. We're also going to get into the Sam Darnold trade and a few other things. We're going to be stirring up the crockpot here on Score On Air. Once again, loving the comments. Keep those rolling on in here. Score on air. 
Uh, you can go ahead and visit the page, Score On Air Network. I'm on Facebook. We're live here. Typically excuse me. Excuse me, Julian. We don't have any comments. We don't have any comments? <laughs> no, sir. We don't have any comments. Who's, whose page was I looking at? <laughs> hey, y'all, comment. Like, subscribe. What's wrong? Hey, I don't know what's going on. Okay, look. You know what, though? I'm not. You know what? I don't know what you're saying right now. So I'm just going to go ahead and take that as disrespect. All right? I don't know if y'all know what movie that's from, but I don't know. Uh, I'm not even going to go there. If you don't know it, then that's just on you. Uh, all right. So, talked about Hubert Davis, talked about the championships. Let's talk about Bill Self. Bill Self agrees to a lifetime agreement. And, I mean, for me, it's like, great job, right? Because there's many guys like Sean Miller who were amidst an FBI investigation for all of the stuff that they do to be able to get these guys to sign. More on guys getting stuff to do or getting people to do things. Or Nick Saban. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> um, so with Bill Self being the way that he is, I'm like, okay, cool. Kansas, and I believe that I brought it up, that Mr. McDougal, the uh, Dublin Scioto graduate who ended up with Seattle, is now with the Jets, I believe on the active roster still was the only one to ever play for their football program. We're not talking about football. We're talking about basketball. We're talking about Bill Self. What they're able to do to get individuals to sign to their team is likely their own business. However, people, he, he caught so much disrespect after agreeing to a lifetime because they don't have a true athletic director right now. It's actually boosters on the board and that's this is this is twitter chat so fact check it please and go ahead and throw them down in the comments but what i'm saying is why are you sweating him why are you sweating me keith why are you all up in mine when i'm still winning and i'm still getting it done bill self 2021 i i just i don't i don't understand and maybe i'm not supposed to understand but if he's winning and you have someone who's to be hired and until convicted of a crime, which I don't know if they're still doing the investigations, but ever, because it's been so long since they were pulling up recordings from Sean Miller and doing this and doing that. I just, I, I, I'm in like disbelief. Like, why are you so upset? Who was going to be the successor? Why are you mad that Bill Self signing for a lifetime? I mean, you know what this whole thing reminds me of? It just reminds me that, uh, Man, some people just know how to stay on code, man. Some people just know how to keep to it. And maybe Sean Miller went on ahead and bit the bullet for a bunch of them. And, you know, you just don't know how that is. But also, Sean Miller did not perform the way that they had liked for him or what they expected. When's the last time Arizona won the title? Mike Bibby, Miles Simon? You know, I... You know, and, that's and a I'm long time ago for the uh, the assistant producer to be able to pull up some of that stuff. I'm looking at Arizona's last championship. Ninety seven. Really it's ninety seven. And I need a fact check on that ninety seven. But I, I trust you, PBC. But what I need to know, though, is look. So you brought Sean Miller in to do this. We heard the recordings. That's, that was plastered everywhere. But it's also been like three years since that happened. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't able to do anything in those three years. If you're able, if you're unable to perform and you're cutting up, it's time for you to go. Well, they was watching him. He couldn't pay him how he needed to pay the recruits. Do well, you know? See, look. Yeah. So when you had the people watching your, you know, at your doorstep and 
they got surveillance on you and whatnot. That's like the mob. I saw that some is... stuff on the mob or whatever back in New York and how they were doing the surveillance on them cats. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Absolutely unreal. Where they're like, mm-hmm. you know, got different cars following you. And that stuff was like back in the 80s, right, man. man. So that's crazy. So imagine what they're doing now. They got drones out there following Sean Miller. He's paranoid. He's looking over his shoulder all the time. You know, to me, whatever. But it's not about Sean Miller. It's about Bill Self. And Bill Self being able to agree to a lifetime. Congratulations, Bill Self. I just had to bring up the disclaimers. How old is Bill Self? I mean, because if you think about it, a lifetime a lifetime contract for Bill Self, was that like 10 more years? He's not that old. He's been there for a while, but exactly. he's also making he's one of the top 4 paid coaches in the NCAA for basketball I'm and he's sure making over 7 mil a year and that's dating back to the 2017-2018 season. Does he make more than Gino Oriema? I'm going to go on a limb and say yes because I don't know who that is. He's 58. Oh, the the woman's uh, UConn basketball coach? Oh, I was just discussing men's. Yeah, oh, you, we were just talking but, about okay, paper. But Gino? Okay, okay, I get the name. <laughs> um, okay, thank you for that. But, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have recognized it. And why? It's because we don't emphasize some of the women's sports we should be. Now, I know that UConn is, is badass. I know UConn goes out and takes care of business week after week. And, and I mean, through when in, when season's in session. But obviously they came up short this year. And Stanford, I didn't pay that much attention to it, but I know that Stanford went and got it done. And Gino is obviously a great coach. But, yeah, they got to be paying that man bazooka bucks to be going out there doing what he's doing. But I don't know. I figured that it would be guys like Bill Self. It would be guys like Roy Williams, Krzyzewski, and then uh, Jay Jay, uh, Jay from Villanova. Jay Wright. Jay Wright. I don't. I don't think Jay Wright's number four. I know bread. Mike's number one for sure. Who? Duke. Mike Szczeski. Yeah. Coach K is number yeah, one, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But Roy Williams had to have been up there. I'm sure. And then now he's retired. Oh, Bill Calipari. Self. Yeah, Calipari. Calipari's got to be up there. That Kentucky. No. Bayheim. Okay, I heard a Bayheim in there, which is insane because it's like. And talk about someone doing wrong. Remember when we talked about how he hit those people and had a had a hit and run, and I'm sure that someone died and still has his job and then goes deep into the tournament this year. Like, nothing ever happened two years ago. Like, how do you sleep at night? Mm. How well, do you? Yeah, three or four shots. <laughs> Golly, like the same shots he took before he yes, got in the car. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, man, not to mention, and then it's like, okay, we got the manslaughter from, uh, or no, it wasn't manslaughter. It was, I take that back, the incident with the coach, Andy Reid's son, prior to the Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh. Just a straight disaster, and I ended up hearing about how the kids are. Hopefully that they are still, you know, recovering, or hopefully they're fully recovered now. But it's just, like, sad. Like, you were leaving practice. Same thing with Beheim. You were leaving practice. Like, and I get it. He's, Beheim's old. So his eyes might not be doing what they, they might be letting in the amount of light they need to in order to be able to see on the freeway. His lights are probably off. I, there's nothing to say this man isn't senile, but one thing he knows is a 2-3 defense, and he gets it done. I'm just like, when that kind of stuff happens, much like the Deshaun Watson thing, and I'm not even hitting on that today because we don't have enough time for that. But when things start to begin to go wrong, then stuff generally starts to crumble for individuals unless you are just the goat goat and you see many examples like i would want to know right now if tom brady went out and was on on camera 
with a bunch of exotic dancers and playing poker, if what would they do? Nothing. Not, you know why? Because Tom Brady doesn't work for corporate America. Okay? Tom Brady answers to the NFL, and the NFL has its own set of rules outside of corporate America. They play their own game. So, you know, the commissioner's exempt list, and he'll be called in to Tampa Bay, but you got to use a different guy. Tom Brady's not going to work. They're not going to do anything to him. More on that shortly. Not Tom Brady, but another individual who likes exotic dancers, cigars, and poker. Much like... Many individuals, like, but not like, everyone plasters that all over their me, social media. What grown man does not like cigars, bourbon, and dancers? I don't understand what's going on. Comment, like, subscribe. Uh, anyway, so, Bill Self, congratulations. I wanted to put in the disclaimer that you are receiving a lot of, you know, and luckily they're just not death threats, right? You know, like, we're happy that, that you're at that point where, you know, people really can't phase you because I would just be like, show me the money. You know what I mean? Well, show me the money. Show me the money. So, in addition to that, we have Sam Darnold. Can we go ahead and go ahead and show me sad Sam Darnold? This is what he felt like when he was playing with the Jets, you know? Sam, Sammy was so upset he was distraught this man he didn't know what to do with himself and he knew that he was good enough to be able to play in the nfl and so many times you know you just see him so stressed out and it's like it's not worth that he's like 23 years old 24 years old going gray already going gray would you look at this man look at that that's like red it's kind of red it's just red is gray it, whatever yeah it's, it's it's turning bad but now my man is in carolina Okay, Sam Darnold is happy. Show me happy Sam Darnold. This is what it looks like when you're eh, happy. You know, it's Q Pharrell song. Happy. <laughs> is, that a, is that a real smile? Last what? time that he was this happy, he was at USC. All right, and so now he's like, you know what? I am free from the shackles of Adam Gase. And really what should end up happening is Adam Gase will be gone eventually. He's gone. Oh, okay. They, they, you That's know, right. they, they Rob, Robert, new, Robert Sala. But no, Adam Gase will be gone completely from the NFL, so no one else oh, will yes. have to feel. No one else will have to feel the pain. Uh, you know, how did he, he even felt. get the Jets job? He was horrible in Miami, and you got the Jets job. And then, right, and then you see, and, you see my boy Brian down there. You send Flores down there to Miami, and Gase is by, and then he goes to the Jets. And they go the they're same taking, way, Mike. They're taking whatever they can get. The you Jets. know, see. Which is bad. It's the NFL, man. You have two organizations. You have several organizations in the NFL, but one of them being the Jets that can't get it figured out, and the other one being Houston. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw those two under the bus. I, I swear, the worst organization is the Detroit Lions, flat out. It's not even close. We talk about Cleveland. We talk about the Detroit Lions have not won the NFC North ever. The last time they won the division, it was called the NFC Central in 1993. They are absolutely terrible. It, Sam Darnold, though, uh, to his credit, played with very, very minimal weapons and talent around him. His best receiver was Crowder. He had a uh, pretty good in Robbie Anderson. They had a good chemistry last year, but guess where he's at? In Carolina and then now. Yep, so he's reunited with Robbie Anderson, and Le'Veon Bell was no help. Oh, my God. You know, and then his attitude with everything else, and you know what? But we're going to go ahead because I do have 365 coming in right after this, so make sure that you stay on and stay tuned for All Sports 365.
after this show. We're going to go ahead and speed it up a little bit and turn up the crock pot as we're making our way to all the different taste tests. Lion sign uh, Quentin Bar, Quentin Dunbar uh, to a year speaking about how the Lions are bad. And, you know, that's just something that <laughs> I wanted y'all to know. That was one of the signings from this past week. I threw it in there because I'm like, okay, cool, because I – had some background knowledge of where he came from, and now I could really care less about it. I'm going to be real with you. Um, Russ Probst, something I want to go over with right now. Russ Probst, the old guy from Two-A-Days. My man, Russ Probst. Oh, my goodness. Looking super old. I was just so old. And I remember when he was like had that chunk, he was actually filled up. And I don't know what he did. Got like the, 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 the stuff with like the stomach. the, the Son of Bello. Yeah, I don't know what it was, <laughs> dude. But he looks so skinny and just frail now. Goes ahead and throws two coaches under the bus and Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. We know what they've been doing, but he was caught on a phone call with blowing the reporter. The whistle. Yes, blowing the whistle on these cats, and he didn't know he was being recorded. But when you start saying stuff like that and make those allegations, Rush Probst, you're wrong for it. And you're coaching at the high school level, so how much could they possibly be giving you out in Colquitt County? I mean... They're probably giving him at least ten to 5000 to a kid. Look, I just like, how much money could you be making? And there's a reason why you're not in college, but you're salty right now because you went and blew the whistle on Nick Saban and Kirby Smart for giving ninety to $100,000 in installments just to get kids to sign. Right. Now, well, and they were talking about Nick Chubb or something like that, too, and I get it. I get it, the fact that it happens. It's just reality. So no matter what Bill Self and all the rest of these cats are doing, it is just Bill Self, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart included. It doesn't matter. These things happen. It's all about can you prove it. So, I want to go ahead and get into Paul Pierce. Speaking of exotic dancers and cigars and poker, now, Paul Pierce, I would have imagined that when this happened, that he was sad, (laughs) that he was upset. But instead, he's smiling on Twitter and just hashtagging smile, and he's laughing. He's just straight giggles. Well, you see, the gold just a blinging up off of him with the pieces on him. I mean, it was, what, 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 what is that? What is that on his neck? $50,000 right there? Like, come on, dude. Like, that's what he was making in a year at ESPN. You think this man cares anything about that? You see, he was jugging. He probably made his salary just hosting the gambling night. Are you kidding me right he now? He was just having fun. And, and I say that. Literally, he was just having fun. Like he's just having fun now, and he made the majority. I mean, his career was playing basketball. And when you ask someone to come on ESPN, they're like, "All right, cool, yeah, that's fine." Like they're not worried about what you're paying them. They know that you're gonna go ahead and pay them, so pay them. You know. But I thought that Paul Pierce might be sad, like when he had to be carted off the, the court. You know, when he had to go pee. Which obviously, whatever. I mean, you know, if you gotta go pee, you gotta go pee. But. You know, I thought he was going to be hurt by it. But one thing that we started talking about was, hey, Barstool Sports never really know what's going to happen. But uh, I'm sure that uh, that Dave, old pizza Dave, is going to go ahead and pick him up, especially since he's cleared a little cap space in there with uh, with the parting of Michael Rappaport and not having to pay too much more on the court cost. So in addition to that, I've got a little crock oh sit for you. And today... PBC, I'm bringing to you. Lakers currently fifth. They missed the playoffs. Crock or sit? Uh, that's a crock of shit. <laughs> okay. Well, 
I was going to go ahead and sit it too. <laughs> and they should still make the playoffs. They're only six games behind first, but it's just that the, the team who's in eighth, I guess, is probably three or four games from where they are. So the margins are just so much smaller in the West. Mark Few leaves Gonzaga. Crocker, sit. Sit that. He's staying. That's his home. He, uh, he's making that Duke. Oh. Yeah. I would just like to see them in a different conference in the future years. Pac-12, I believe that Pac-12 please, will come calling them. Um, yeah. I just do get a lot more clout from me on that. I will sit that as well. And Justin Fields falls out of the top 10. A lot of rumors right now on whether or not he's actually the hard worker who he's been explained to be. Crocker, sit. This is a sit. If you watch Prolific Sports tomorrow at 1 o'clock, I got a 20-minute segment on Justin Fields and the explanation on why I think he is my number one quarterback. Woo! And, and I love it. I love to see it. Sit that. He does not fall out of the top 10, given all the rest of these garbage. I mean, I'm sure there's betting on this, right, where people are going. And don't believe the hype. He's mm. not getting falling out of the top 10. Given the, the three, four teams who are selecting first, there's no way. Aaron Rodgers retires to become the host of Jeopardy. I'm going to crock that. I'm going to throw it in the crock pot. If you get $30 million and they say, we're going to put you on this contract, you're not going to get hit. You're just going to talk to people and give answers. He would have the time of his life. Throw it in the crock pot, stir it up, and heat it, baby. That's all we have for you today. Please stay tuned for All Sports 365. You're watching the crock pot. On score on air. Thank you for listening to the Crockpot, brought to you by the Score on Air Network. You can watch and listen live on Tuesday afternoons. Be sure to follow me at jjacksononair on Twitter and Instagram for updates. Also, be sure to follow the Score on Air Network Facebook page. Thanks for listening.